We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for March 29th, 2009. We're going to continue with this horrific report we're doing on uh, child pornography, pedophilia, and this uh, pandemic uh, that we're looking at here and, and how the highest levels of government seem to be protecting this particular uh, detestable industry. <clears throat> this Continuing with this Dutro report, it says a, a report in Time magazine alluded to the murky links between the Dutro operation and organized crime figures. Mark for Wilgen, the chief investigating magistrate on the case, stated the case more bluntly. He said, for me, the Dutro affair is a question of organized crime. He's, he's right, because this is really a crime syndicate. It's, anytime you have this type of thing, you're going to have organized crime getting involved because they stand to make a ton of money off this. The money to be made and the profits to be made off this are amazing, evidently. Uh, it's like, you know, the more depravity that you, you get into, the more money you can expect to make. It's just so sick. <clears throat> he says... Um, then he also mentioned <clears throat> the Time magazine article was the use of, uh, of secret underground tunnels, not unlike those described by children a decade earlier at the infamous McMartin Preschool. Now, um, I, uh, I don't know, it was about a year ago, I met with a uh, former colonel in the Army, and he told me that, and I've read this many, many places, that there's a whole underground tunnel system literally worldwide, that we're not even aware of. And um, this is one of the ways that the, these um, children are actually transported in these underground tunnel systems. And uh, these trains are called like mag lever trains. They go incredibly fast underground. And he elaborated a lot of different things. And he said that the child pornography, one of the things he talked about was the, the uh, child pornography in child snuff films in, in this industry. He mentioned this place in Japan where they had, uh, was like a center hub for where they kept a lot of these children. And he said <clears throat> that to a certain extent we had created this problem and we also would act as though we were fighting it at the same time. In other words, high-level Illuminati government officials would actually create this problem uh, to satisfy their depraved needs and then on the surface have this veneer where they had law enforcement people that were trying to stop it. That way you could present that side to the public. He called it Operation Archangel. I couldn't find anything about it on the internet. I'm just going to mention it briefly. And he said the people that he knew that were involved in Operation Archangel, his friends, uh, were... He said every one of them, just about every one of them that he knew, ended up committing suicide. Because the um, supposedly to be, to be going after this, the, this child pornography, and, and he said that you would have to view the images and you would have to a lot of times act as though you were a buyer in order to infiltrate these circles. And he said in order to do that, you would have to see the most unbelievably heinous, despicable... And anybody in their right mind, it would drive them literally insane. 
they, they, anybody with any kind of decency or conscience about them. He said he can't, he couldn't tell me how many people had committed suicide that were just even in the law enforcement arm that were trying to go after these uh, people that brought these. And we're, we're talking about, you know, children, child sacrifice, um, sadistic, just the most depraved things you could possibly imagine. I can't even imagine. I, I, I know, I know it would. I mean, personally, I know it would just destroy me if I had to well, watch that. Um, there, there, there's no way that, that you can bear up under that. You, you've got to be just totally demon possessed, with no conscience whatsoever. You have to be totally taken over by Satan to be able to do this and have no conscience about what you're doing and to take pleasure in it. Uh, but anyway, I just thought I'd add that in. <clears throat> uh, outrage continued to grow as more arrests were made, and evidence of high-level, <coughs> excuse me, high-level government and police complicity continued to emerge. One of Dutro's accomplices, accomplices, <coughs> businessman Jean Michael Nahul, confessed to organizing an orgy at a Belgian chateau, and had been that had been attended by government officials, a former European commissioner, and a number of law enforcement officers. Remember what I just said? This is pure confirmation of that. You're going to see this theme over and over and over again. So, he organized this orgy at this Belgian chateau of government officials, European commissioner, and a number of law enforcement officers. <clears throat> a Belgian senator noted quite accurately that such parties were part of a system. In other words, it was commonplace, which operates to this day and is used to blackmail the highly placed people who take part. Do you understand that this is why the, the world system is so controlled? Because most of the people that they let get to these political offices of high level in particular, they have so much on them to blackmail them that if they ever tried to break, break ranks, they would just come out with this and so nobody breaks ranks they they do what they're told now hollywood actually telegraphed this to us with the movie it was called eyes wide open i'm not telling you to go out and rent it i saw it before when i was unsaved eyes wide open with tom cruise it got into this this real seedy high level elite parties that they would have now i didn't get into the child pornography but these sex party orgy things that they do and, and, and I think it was a very sanitized version um, for Hollywood you know, to put this out but it did allude to this uh, <clears throat> according to the BBC Nahul was brazen, has brazenly claimed I am the monster of Belgium he has all but dared the state to prosecute him <sighs> can you imagine this guy does this and then he dares the state to prosecute him and boldly proclaims he is the monster of Belgium, <clears throat> he is claiming that he is beyond the reach of law because he has information that, if made public, would bring the government and the entire state down. And he, and he does. I believe him on that. But he needs to be real careful because when you say that, then the same people that <laughs> they could arrange to have a bullet deposited in his brain. So, but anyway, not like I <laughs> care about his safety, but... Um, now, I have a note here. If the globalist control media let this information get out, in other words, this information that he could make public, just one person, but if they let it get out, he, he's right. I mean, he's absolutely right in what he says. And it's no different 
in any other part of the world. This, this same dynamic goes on everywhere, all parts of the world, and probably in America more than any other place, as we'll see. Pedophilia is rampant in high-level offices and is the ultimate blackmail tool to ensure their puppets follow the Illuminati script. Okay, we, we alluded to that, but I just clarified it a little bit more. In September of 1996, 23 suspects, at least nine of whom were police officers, were detained and questioned about their possible complicity in the crimes and or their negligence in investigating the case. 23! As the Los Angeles Times noted in a very brief two-sentence report, <laughs> the detainments were the latest indication that police in the southern city of Char Charleroi may have helped cover up the alleged crimes of Dutrell. The arrests followed raids on the police officers' homes in the headquarters of the Charleroi police force and were based on information supplied by the police inspector, who had already been charged as an accomplice. accomplice. <laughs> so it's just like the police are in complicity with these depraved devils. Three magistrates also had reportedly been interrogated by police investigators. See, it's the judges, the police, and then everybody on up. Not everybody, but a lot of them. That's how they get into these positions. The people in high-level positions make sure they have their people in lower-level positions. It's a big network, and they protect one another. Just days before the arrest, police had also arrested five suspects in the Cools assassination, including a former regional government minister named Alan Vander Beist. Strangely enough, the News Telegraph reported that, quote, police investigating the Cools murder in 1991 have been given helpful leads by some of those arrested in the Dutro case. The Telegraph also noted that Cools had promised shocking revelations before his death. Oh, imagine, maybe that's why he died. He was going to come out with this. They killed him. On October 14, 1996, came the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, Mark Jean-Marc Connorat, who had been serving as an investigating judge on the Dutro case, was dismissed by the Belgian Supreme Court. Okay, so this guy was dismissed. He was investigating the he was the investigating judge on the Dutro case. Connorat was viewed by the people as something of a rarity, a public official slash law enforcement officer who actually appeared to be pursuing a prosecution rather than a cover-up. Oh, I mean, imagine the audacity. We got a guy that's actually wanting justice? He's a rarity. The News Telegraph described him as the only figure in the judiciary who enjoys the nation's confidence. The only one. That's how corrupt the, the, uh, the judicial system is. It's no different in America. <clears throat> As the New York Times reported, Connorot became a national hero in August after saving two children from a secret dungeon kept by a convicted child rapist and ordering the inquiry that led to the discovery of the bodies of four girls kidnapped by a child pornography network. He had also arrested three men in 1994 as suspects in the Cools assassination. <clears throat> a May 2002 BBC report revealed that after Connorot's removal, a special team of police officers interviewing Regina Loof and the other and other um, ex-witnesses, as they were called, were the next to be sacked. <clears throat> the ex-witnesses were victims of the pedophile ring who had come forward to tell of the harrowing tales of their victimization. 
they show a picture here of this Re Regina Loaf. A woman named Regina Loaf <clears throat> was the first of 11 such, such victims to be interviewed by police officials. Loaf claimed that she had been victimized by the ring, which included her parents and her grandmother. Parents and grandmother, yeah, it's very common. This is a big tenet of generational Luciferianism, Satanism. These are generational Luciferians many times, and this is all they know. They've been brought up this way, it was done to them when they were children, and now they're doing it to their kids. The Bible says the sins of the forefathers are carried to the third and fourth generation. Okay, These are generational uh, things, that were de generational spiritual entities that you know, possess these people. So, <clears throat> most of the time, this is one reason why they can get away with this, because it's all in the family. And the family has a network that protects them. And it's been this way for a long time. So, they said, Regina said that the, she was victimized by this ring, which included her parents and grandmother, from the time she was a very young child. She described the operation in detail to authorities, supplying them with names, names that included senior judges, one of the country's most powerful politicians, who is now dead, and a very influential banker. According to Regina, the operation was big business, blackmail, there was a lot of money involved. Many of the victimizers, she said, were secretly filmed for blackmail purposes. Again, there's a lot of reasons they do this. <clears throat> Regina identified... <clears throat> Michael Nahul, as the regular organizer of these parties, these parties, she said, not only involve sex, they involve sadism, torture, and murder. She described in detail the murdered victims and how and where they were killed. The BBC report that the police checked into loose claims and they were able to verify key elements of Regina's story and found that at least one murder that she says she witnessed matched an unsolved murder. Nevertheless, the same BBC report revealed that today in Belgium, Regina Luce's reputation is destroyed. So this poor girl that was victimized, tortured, sexually abused from a very early age, her reputation has been totally destroyed. The Prosecutor General of Leange and Philly declares that this little girl, that this girl is completely mad despite numerous statements from independent psychologists psychologist to the contrary. In other words, she's went and got independently evaluated, and they've said she's perfectly normal, but the prosecutor general, Ann Philly, declares she's completely mad. According to judges now in the case, her testimony has been declared worthless, and will not be presented in any trial of the Dutro or his associates. How convenient. Boy, I tell you... <clears throat> This is just unbelievable. Conneret's removal from the Dutroux case fanned the smoldering flames of public outrage, as the Times reported. Hundreds of thousands of people had petitioned the high court to retain the judge. This is the good judge that got booted. Adding yet more fuel to the fire, prosecutor Michael Borlet <clears throat> was claiming that the evidence indicated a pedophile ring composed of wealthy and powerful had been protected for 25 years. With the families of Dutroux's victims calling for a general strike, men and women all across the country walked away from their jobs in protest as rail workers and bus drivers shut down public transportation, bringing some cities to a virtual standstill. Well, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. 
that they stood up for this and that they, you know, <clears throat> the telegraph, but again, this is exactly why they want to keep this stuff in the shadows because they don't want this happening. The telegraph reported that in Liange, firemen turned their hoses loose on the city's court building to symbolize the massive cleanup that was needed. On October 20th, 1996, 350,000 citizens of the tiny nation of Belgium took to the streets of Brussels dressed in all white, demanding the reform of a system so corrupt that it would protect the abusers, rapists, torturers, and killers of children. Again, Belgium's no exception. They're, they're, um, they're, the outrage may be exceptional, and I praise God for this outrage against this. But <clears throat> this is going on worldwide. The political fallout from the case brought ultimately brought the resignation of Belgium's state police chief, interior minister, and justice minister, who became sacrificial lambs, scapegoats, tossed to the outraged masses to avoid what could have easily exploded into a full-scale insurrection by the people, particularly after police incompetence showed Dutroux to escape. He escaped, and he remained at large for a brief time in, in April of 1998. There were, in fact, calls from people for the entire coalition government to step down. Well, if the truth be known, they all should. As the Los Angeles Times reported, in 1998, the conviction remains stubbornly widespread that members of the upper crust, governmental ministers, Roman Catholic Church, and the court of King Albert II belonged to the child sex rings or protected them. This goes all the way to the top. That was King Albert II that they mentioned there. The lingering distrust of the people was not alleviated by the fact that the parliamentary inquiry had identified, in April of 1997, 30 officials who had, as the Times tactfully put it, failed to uncover Distro's misdeeds. Nearly a year later, none of them had suffered any repercussions. Additionally, at least 10 missing children suspected of having fallen prey to Dutro's operation have never been found. In April of 1999, The Guardian weighed in on this report. The highly respected chairman of the parliamentary inquiry into Dutroux's case claims that his commission's findings were muzzled by political and judicial leaders to prevent details emerging of the complicity of crimes. Mr. Verwilgian claims that the senior political and legal figures refused to co cooperate with the inquiry. He says magistrates and police were officially told to refuse to answer certain questions in what he describes as a characteristic smothering operation. Unbelievable. As of May 2002, nearly six years after Detroit was taken into custody, his trial had yet to be even begin. Six years! After he's taken into custody, this butcher... Parents of victims continued to loudly shout of a cover-up, and the Telegraph was reporting that, quote, it was recently learned that scientific tests on 6,000 hairs found on the underground dungeon began only this year. They found 6,000 hairs in the underground dungeon. Those tests, of course, could reveal how many victims passed through Dutroux's torture chambers of whores, but perhaps, more importantly, they could also, as a BBC News report noted in 2002... They could also establish whether the girls had had any other visitors. Get it? 
high-profile visitors coming to the dungeon, they leave a hair. See, they've got technology now, even if they don't have the root of the hair, through what they call mitochondrial DNA analysis, where they can actually take that hair, just even part of the hair, and find the actual exact DNA profile, even if it doesn't have a root on it. And at bare minimum, it could show you how many different DNA DNA profiles existed in the dungeon. So that by itself could have been gigantic. But no, there's no rush to process the hairs. And Philly, this this witch that had said that poor girl was was out of her mind. She's the aforementioned prosecutor general of Liange, who dismissed as mad the key prosecution witness has been quoted saying, quote, there was no need to get the hairs analyzed as no one else entered the cage. How do you know which? You lying devil? There was no network. She says there was no network, so there was no need to look for evidence of one. Oh, I'm so glad we're getting the truth from you. In any case, the hairs have all now been analyzed. Oh, I'm sure, Right. Philly gave no indication of how she knew there was nothing to find before ever even bothering to look. Well, you talk about a sellout to Satan. And contrary to her claims, the BBC reported in 2002 that the hairs had still not been analyzed. According to sources central to the investigation, Philly also claimed the bodies recovered from the Dutro properties were too decomposed to test for DNA. The BBC though noted the autopsy states quite clearly that the bodies were not decomposed. Samples were taken. It just appears, it is just that no one seems to know what happened to the results. It would all appear, um, it would also appear that Anne Philly is a rather brazen liar. And I, I would almost guarantee a high level witch. You talk about no, no conscience of whatsoever. If Mark Dutroux's case were some kind of aberration, it would still be a disturbing story. For the level of unspeakable corruption and depravity of the Belgian political and law enforcement establishment of which it speaks, far more disturbing is the fact that it does not appear to be an isolated case at all. <clears throat> we're going to look at these other cases. So you can fully understand that this is a worldwide thing. This isn't isolated, this is worldwide. As 1999 due to a close, the nation of Latvia was rocked by a child prostitution, child pornography scandal that reached the very top of the political power structure. Here we go again. The case first broke in August when police uncovered a massive operation involving as many as 2,000 severely abused children. 2,000. When the media reports began linking top Latvian officials to the case, a special parliamentary commission was assembled to investigate the emerging allegations. In February 2000, the chairman of the commission delivered a report to the parliament linking the country's prime minister and justice minister, the director of state revenue service, and a number of army and law enforcement officers to the case. Doesn't get much higher than that. A campaign was immediately begun to discredit the committee chairman, of course. Got to discredit the committee chairman, including allegations that he is tied to the former KGB, which is a classic case of what they call red baiting that enabled the allegations to be dismissed as a communist propaganda. Oh, it's just communist propaganda, none of this ever really happened. You know, Satan's good at what he does. 
on November 22, 2002, Guardian reported that many among Portugal's elite were linked to pedophile ring as well. A scandal over a pedophile ring run from a state orphanage. What better place to do it? State orphanage. Innocent appearing. Happens all the time. These types of things. State orphanage gripped Portugal's yesterday as it threatened to engulf diplomats. I mean, look at the Catholic Church. Rampant pedophilia in the Catholic priests and even lesbianism and the, the nuns as well. This vow of celibacy, unbiblical, you know. Pastors to be the husband of one wife, it says. Well, no, that we take a vow of celibacy because we're so pious. Totally unbiblical, you know. I mean, unless you're, unless God has given you that almost gift, when the Bible alludes to, where you can actually, as a man or as a woman, pursue your ministry. Apart from having a wife, or, or but the Bible says the pastor, the deacon, or the elder, or the spiritual overseer is to be the husband of one wife. Okay, not the wife of one husband. Okay, anyway, um, but I've got in the um, if you key in Catholic or part of the word on my keyword search box on the home page for sermon audio, then you will find. Um, uh, You will find, uh, if, you, if you key that in and you look at the PDF associated with the Catholic teachings I've done, you'll find a whole thing on there. And near the top of that PDF, I get in, I have a whole article section there on the pedophile priesthood epidemic, pandemic that is um, there. And the cover-up that goes on there as well. Okay, That's a whole other thing we're not going to really get into today, but that is definitely um, in league with this particular subject that we're talking about here. Okay, because I've got, I've had so many people email me. I need to just start doing this with every teaching almost about what is my website. Okay, um, the website is www.sermonaudio one word dot com. www.sermonaudio s e r m o n a u d i o dot com forward slash one word Doctor Scott Johnson D R S-C-O-T-T-J-O-H-N-S-O-N SermonAudio.com forward slash D-R S-C-O-T-T-J-O-H-N-S-O-N Dr. Scott Johnson, just one word. There's not a period behind doctor or D-R. So anyway, that'll, that'll get you to my homepage so you can do these searches. Anyway, going further, um, this orphanage in Portugal... A scandal over pedophile ring run from a state orphanage gripped Portugal yesterday as it threatened to engulf diplomats, media personalities, and senior politicians. The highest level and echelons of society you are going to see are the common denominator in these cases. Photographs of unnamed senior governmental officials with young boys from Lisbon's Casapia Orphanage were among the evidence reported available to police after they arrested a former orphanage employee, Carlos Silvano. Silvino. One revelation in the case was that systematic sexual abuse of children at the home had allegedly been going on for more than 20 years and had been known to police and other authorities for most of that time. They knew about it. Just said, okay, that's off limits. We just let that go on. We let the biggest atrocity in society just continue to happen. 
Well, and if you think about it, they do the same thing with the abortion clinics. That's probably the biggest atrocity in society. Well, that's legalized. That's okay. Legalized murder of little innocent babies. Yep. And this is the same thing. We'll just let this go, and we'll turn a blind eye to it. Essentially, same outcome. Teresa Costa Macadio, who is a former Secretary of State for Families, has said that she sent a dossier to police 20 years ago, 20 years ago, containing, containing quote, damning proof of the abuse, including photographs and eyewitness statements. The information was not acted upon, of course, and for her trouble, Macadio became the victim of a campaign of threats and intimidation. Anybody that's honest at all that tries to expose this either dies or they're totally discredited. Most of the time they're just discredited because if they died, then they might become a martyr for the cause and give validity to it. So they would rather just discredit them, these devils. In June of 2003, the Independent reported that police at first denied her reports, but then produced them. McKidio has testified before Parliament that the former president, Antonio Enos, the former foreign secretary, Jamie Garza, the former president, Antonio Enos, and then the former foreign secretary, Jamie Garza, and elements within the police all knew of the ongoing abuse. The president knew about it, probably was participating in it. An official report claims that, quote, among the children still living at Casapia, at least 128 had been subjected to sexual abuse. Many are deaf and dumb. Man, we we are talking some sick stuff here. Countless other victims have passed through the facility over 30 years. Among those detained or questioned in the case were Carlos Cruz, known in Portugal as Mr. Television. Manuel Abarentes, a former director of the Casapia Orphanage. Hoyo Dinez, who was a doctor at Casapia Orphanage. And Jorge Rito, a former ambassador to UNESCO. Portugal's Socialist Party leader, um, television talk show host Herman Jose, and Paulio Pedroso, a former labor minister. So you can see, again, we have the highest levels of the political and the media part of this. So obviously they're going to be the ones most concerned about covering up, and they're in the greatest position to orchestrate a cover-up because they control the media. They control the police at the highest levels. Not to say everybody in the police is all corrupt, but they can position who they want to position on these cases. A follow-up report in the Independent noted that this Casapia orphanage, founded by a police superintendent, first came under scrutiny 20 years ago when a young inmate died. Officials found the home's doors open all night and youngsters in a cruising area for male prostitutes. Four children between ages 8 and 12 missed for missing for a night, were found in a luxury flat nearby, owned by a diplomat. Now, it's well known, I mean, like, you know, like in um, Costa Rica, I've heard this, that, um, I've always heard about, like, these guys going down there to, to supposedly go fishing in Costa Rica. My dad told me this, and he said, when you hear that, you know what they're really going down there for. You know, I had heard about oh, San Jose, I think it's Costa Rica, and they've got you know whole sections of the city 
where where they have this prostitution. And a lot of these are children. And you can go down there and to a lot of these countries like that, and you can literally have sex with, you know, preteen girls and all this other stuff. And, I mean, you, you can pay for, if you really want to pay big money, you can pay to have a virgin. It's, it's so sickening and depraved. And that goes on pretty much, you know, an open. Uh, I just, I can't imagine it, uh, God's mercy to have not judged this wicked planet that we live in and I'm not saying I'm Mr. Perfect. I mean, I, I've said this before. If I got what I deserved, I'd get death and hell. Okay? This is just just such depravity. It's hard to comprehend or wrap your mind around. <sighs> this goes on to say, this diplomat was Jorge Rito. It is alleged that Silvano, an employee and former resident of the Casapilla Orphanage, acted for years to procure young boys for the rich and powerful pedophiles, including Rito. Very common. Adolescent witnesses have claimed on Portuguese television that they were offered enticements and then raped and recruited for sex parties with powerful friends. Others, now adults, have told of chilling experiences long suppressed. A Portuguese organization calling itself Innocence in Danger has been working for years to publicize the problem of child abuse and child abductions in the country, but have been unable to penetrate what they describe as the media blackout. So again, you know, this this hopefully would also help confirm a lot of the other teachings that I've done on totally unrelated subjects to this. And you're like, well, why why isn't this ever in the media? Well, do you think if the media is willing to protect devils that are this depraved that they would be above suppressing anything else that as rings of truth? I mean, if they if they'll protect this, that totally shows you that they are bought and paid for and cannot be trusted. They're part of the problem, not the solution. As February 2003, a campaign was underway in Scotland to unseal records that have been sealed for 100 years under special order. The records concern the activities of Thomas Hamilton, a notorious child molester and murderer who was credited with killing 16 school children and a teacher, and then himself in 1996. One police report sealed under order concerns Thomas Hamilton's activities at a summer camp in Loch Lomond in 1991, five years before the shootings, and allegedly links Hamilton to figures in Scottish establishment. Again, here we go, including two senior politicians and a lawyer, according to The Guardian. A report in Scotland's Sunday Herald from March 2003 revealed that 106 documents had been sealed. These included a letter connected to Hamilton, which was sent by George Robertson, current head of NATO, to Michael Forsyth, who was the Secretary of State for Scotland, as um, as well as correspondence relating to Thomas Han- Hamilton's alleged involvement in the Freemasons. <laughs> Why should that surprise us? That's a, another thing that's integrally related with, with much of this. You have the corrupt judicial system. Most of the time, or much of the time, these judges are Freemasons. There's a lot of police officers that are Freemasons. There's a lot of these people that we've talked about today that are Freemasons. Now, if you ever see Bill Schneblin's testimony on how he his um, he wrote a whole book on Freemasons, I believe it's called Masonry Behind the Light. 
uh, you can get that. Bill's on my email list. He's been on there for a long time. This guy did everything. I mean, he 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 pursued almost every branch of the occult you could just about pursue. Freemasonry being one of them. And one of the things he did admit to, which I tell you would be tough to admit to, and, and I'll have to hand it to him for even admitting this. He said uh, during one of his interviews regarding being a Freemason that as you ascend up into the higher ranks, now remember, you have to take a blood oath at every level. And these blood oaths are horrific. And these blood oaths, the Bible says to swear, you know, uh, swear not. The Bible talks about doing that, and this is probably a big reason. Um, we're not supposed to go around swearing, oh, I swear this and I swear that. The Bible says to swear not. And you have to take all these blood oaths, which are just horrific as, as you go up in the ranks of the Freemasons. You know how I agreed to have my tongue ripped out of my head and my intestines exposed to the sun and my brain exposed to the, the buzzards and all these horrific things. You become more and more demon-possessed as you go up in the ranks of the Freemasons. These are like basically curses you're bringing upon themselves, and there's more demonic baggage with every level, particularly when you get into the higher levels. And he supposedly attained... The 90th degree, it was a different level of Freemasonry, like European Palladium or something, Freemasonry, which was only reserved for like the high, high level occultists. He said that as you rose in these rankings, you became more and more, he started having feelings of pedophilia feelings toward young boys. And as you get to the higher levels, because you're more and more and more demonically infested, these feelings grow stronger and stronger and stronger. Now, they have their own built-in good old boys network. They have judges to protect them, law enforcement officers, all these things, and they swear allegiances one to another that supersede any allegiance to God, country, family. They, they supersede those. So, they have this protection. And it's a well-known fact that they've, you know, they've got, uh, there's been, um, he, he mentioned there was whole support groups across the country for families that have been decimated by pedophile masons that have abused children in their own family, usually, most of the time, because you can keep it quiet that way. And um, it, it goes with the territory. So again, this is demonic, but I just wanted to mention that because um, he, did a, he did an interview, it's called Interview with an Ex-Vampire. I don't know if it's online or not. You might be able to see it on YouTube. It's very long. It's like nine hours. Uh, but he gets into a lot of these points that he never got into. He did a couple, two or three or four or five Prophecy Club tours. Uh, wrote several books. So anyway, um, he's got a lot of information on this particular information that we're talking about today in the Illuminati as well. So a Deputy Justice Minister... Michael Matheson, was quoted in the article questioning the official justification for sealing the document. The explanation to date about the 100-year rule that was put in place to protect the interest of children named in the Central Police Report. But how, how can that explanation stand when the children aren't even named? Uh, another report on September 29, 2000, the Irish Times reported that yet there was another pet pedophile network had surfaced Eight people were arrested in Italy, three in Russia. Police said 1,700 people were being investigated in Italy. The images traded by the ring divided into several categories. The most gruesome police, 
simply said was coded necros pedo, in which children were raped and tortured to death. And so it, it is that we first confront the most disturbing of topics, snuff films, which most people assume do not actually exist. As recently as February of 1999, the New York Post assured readers that snuff films are the stuff of urban legend. Well, yes, because the New York, New York Post is of their father, the devil, and of his works they were due. He was a liar from the beginning. That's all he is, a liar. He's the deceiver. There's no truth in him. Well, these newspapers are nothing more than mouthpieces for Satan much of the time. They said these snuff films are just urban legend. How did this legend get started? No one knows. The unfortunate truth, though, is that snuff films do exist, and they are likely have existed for as long as film has existed, though they were not always known by that name. According to the Post, um, the term snuff was actually coined during the Charles Manson case when p press reports repeated rumors that the Manson family had filmed home movies of the brutal slains. In the late 1970s, as Carl Reischke noted in the book painted black that the Texas House Select Committee on Child Pornography disclosed that investigators probing leads into organized crime in Houston, Dallas, and other major cities found that slave auctions for 16 and 17-year-old boys were routinely held in Mexico. Some of the boys were featured in brutal snuff or slasher movies. Reishke also quotes from a study by U.S. mental health professionals that claims that a child from Mexico can be packaged, delivered, and sold deep within the United States in a short period of time. Remember, these are disposable, what they would refer to as disposable children. They're on the fringes of whatever society they live in. And they're, and they're just not going to be, I'm not going to say they're not going to be missed by their family, but they're just, they're able to get away with this. And that there are many of these children purchased solely for the purpose of killing them. In Enslaved, which is evidently another book, Gordon Thomas reported that at the start of the year 1991, Britain's Scotland Yard was continuing to investigate reports that up to 20 children in London had been murdered last year in snuff films and the videotapes sold on the continent. Journalist Nick Davies, writing for The Guardian in November of 2002, revisited that investigation. And now remember, all these sources I'm quoting from are, are mainstream sources. Granted, it may be only a blip, or mentioned one time in the paper, but they are, they are this is stuff that they've reported. Uh, this particular investigation was centered on the group of British pedophiles living in Amsterdam. The investigation revealed that men were running gay brothels that were essentially fronts for trafficking underage boys, many purchased from the streets of economically ravaged Eastern Europe, and others collected from the streets of London. Again, these are, you know, castaway kids. Prominent among the group of pedophiles was a man named Alan Williams, known as the Welch Witch. Again, we have the occult tied in with this. He openly proclaimed he was the Welch witch. And again, he's of his father the devil and of his works he will do. And then another man named Warren Spinks, who according to Davies, pioneered the trafficking of boys as young as ten. The men used boys in the production of child pornography and according to several witnesses in the production of snuff films. Davies wrote 
Not just once, but repeatedly, evidence had come to the attention of police in England and the Netherlands that for pleasure and profit, some of the exiled pedophiles in Amsterdam had murdered boys in front of the camera. Indeed, witnesses had independently given descriptions of snuff films that were remarkably consistent in the details and the types of torture used in the manner of death, though the descriptions of the victim and the filming location differed, indicating that a number of such films had been made. One witness claimed to have seen five such films. In the fall of 1988, or 1998, British detectives flew to Amsterdam to investigate a particularly detailed account provided by witnesses. The investigators had in their possession a detailed description of the apartment where the witnesses had viewed the tape, the name of the owner of the apartment, and the videotape, the name of the man who committed the murder, a detailed description of events on the tape, and the first name and the approximate age of the victim. With all that in hand, says Davies, the, de- the detectives hit a wall, quote, hit a wall. Dutch police said it was not enough to warrant launching any sort of investigation. No, we wouldn't want to protect these poor innocent children. No. No, let them die. How sickening. Man, you talk about having blood on your hands. By that time, investigators had been hearing accounts of snuff films for nearly eight years. At one point, they had recruited an undercover officer to pose as a child abuser and befriend Warren Spinks. Now, this would kind of confirm what that colonel had told me about they were they had certain sects of the government would actually go in and pose as child abusers in order to infiltrate these rings and they acknowledged to the officer that he was actively involved in trafficking boys he was revealed that he knew quote some people who were involved in the making of snuff movies and how they did it um, here's how they did it they only sold them in limited editions they only made 10 copies or something like that. 10 very rich customers in America who paid $5,000 each or something like that for each video that was made. There is no indication that any thorough investigation was ever conducted or that any arrests were ever made regarding this. How much, I mean, how much more horrific can you possibly get? But no, there's no, there's no investigation, no nothing. In September 2002, the Chicago Sun-Times carried a brief report of two brothers who were arrested and charged with possessing an enormous amount of child pornography. Seized from the brothers were 5,000 photographic images along with 100 videotapes and 8mm films. Along with this evidence were images of young girls apparently tortured, raped, and then killed. The American media has no inclination to shine any additional light on this case. This should be front-page news every day until it's been eliminated and wiped off the planet. But no, it's not even, you know, we don't need to do that, because they would implement, implicate too many high-level politicians and officials and judges and people in high, held in high esteem. An account of the recent Italian case carried by the Guardian affirmed the existence of snuff films. Police have discovered a massive international pedophile network selling violent child pornography videos to clients in Italy. I'm sure they're good Catholics, though. Quote, good Catholics. And that they can just pay ahead on their indulgences, which they can buy from the Catholic Church, to commit these depraved atrocities. And that's went on. That has definitely went on, and they've even admitted to that, particularly um, when these anything-goes indulgences were being sold um, during the, uh, like, the Middle Ages and these types of things. 
And they've brought the indulgences back. I just did a study on it, not too recently. How the Catholic Church is bringing them back. Get you out of purgatory quicker. <laughs> even though purgatory is not even in the Bible anywhere. Uh, so, these um, authorities are trying to identify 5,000 people who are suspected of attempting to purchase the video, some of which appear to contain images of children being tortured and murdered. How could somebody derive gratification from that? I, I can't even imagine. I remember when I was a young kid, unsaved, undone, wicked. And somebody showed me that show, Faces of Death, where you could actually rent it. As an unsaved, wicked teenager, that show messed me up so bad. I mean, I never wanted to see anything like that ever again. And, I mean, I, I don't understand. It just doesn't compute. You, you, you've got to be just so totally a walking devil. Uh so, they, uh, the UK's Independent, in a follow-up published in November 2000, also confirmed that the seized material included child snuff films. Horrified investigators gathered images of more than 2,000 children who were being, 2,000 children, who were filmed while being abused, raped, and killed. By that time, close to 1,500 people had been charged in the case, but not, as the Guardian noted, those in high places who are believed to form, um, hold on, but not those, but not the, the ones that were in high places were not charged, and who are believed to form the pedophilia lobby. In other words, this is a group of high-level elitists that have their own uh, silent lobby to protect this. Uh, it, as in the Belgian, Latvian, and Portuguese cases, there were indications in the Italian case of high-level complicity and a strong belief among people that the facts of the case were being covered up. As with other cases, the Independent reported that the magistrate heading up the inquiry provoked a furor by denouncing a pedophile lobby supported by politicians, which he said openly obstructed the investigators and worked to prevent tougher sanctions for the consumers of child pornography. The New York Times reported in 1997, March, that there was a growing public indignation in France and elsewhere about the recurrent reports of kidnapping, rape, incest involving the very young. The same Times reports revealed that the French police had detained more than 250 people and confiscated some 5,000 video cassettes in conjunction with an investigation into a massive child pornography ring. Those detained by the police were designated as mainly married professionals. That's how they come across, mainly married professionals. A dozen of them soon turned up dead, allegedly by their own hand. Well, maybe they still had... They, they didn't care about the kids, but they didn't want their own precious reputation soiled. Because, you know, obviously they're not going to get any kind of heavy sentence. So if they, if they can live with what they've done being exposed, they're only going to get a little slap on the hand, maybe a couple years in jail at best, if that, out, out for good behavior. And then they can go about their merry, sick, sadistic ways all over again. Now, before I go any further, I'm going to read some Bible verses that pertain to this. And I've read these before one other time when I did that study on the indigo children um, regarding how some people are just wicked and I'm, I'm just going to quote what the Bible says. So, 
Um, Taylor, here you go. I'm just going to read some verses out of the Bible regarding this. <clears throat> regarding this subject, because you have to ask yourself, how could these people be so wicked? How, how, how is that? How could they live with themselves day to day? And go about life just living a total lie and having no conscience of sin. <coughs> I believe these verses that we're going to be looking at explain this. Because we have to be able to look at this biblically. Because it doesn't make sense if you don't. Proverbs 16.4 says, The Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. That's hard to comprehend. I'm not blaming this on God, but... The Bible talks about the wicked were even made for the day of evil. Daniel 12.10 says, Many shall be purified and be made white and tried. Now this is regarding the end times, which is what you know Christians are going to go through. They're going to be purified and made white and tried. But the wicked shall do wickedly. And this is what we're seeing. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Psalm 58.3 The wicked are estranged from the womb. Estranged. It's like they're separated. It's like they're separated from from God's goodness or, or goodness. They're estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. It's hard to comprehend that verse. Psalm 58.4 Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf adder that stoppeth her ear. Psalm 58.5 Which will not hearken to the voice of the charmers, charming never so wisely. Next verse. Break their teeth, O God, in their mouth. Break out the great teeth of the young lions, O Lord. This is an imprecatory prayer. Would you like to see God break out the, the teeth of these evil, wicked devils? Now remember, the Bible says we battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes, principalities, rulers of wickedness in high places, against powers. That's why it tells us to put on the full armor of God, that you be able to stand the wiles of the devil, and having all done, you know, to stand. This is a spiritual battle. We can focus on the human who is demon possessed to the toenails, but we're really battling a spiritual battle. These spirits are emanating and working through these sick, twisted individuals. Psalm 58, 7. Let them melt away as the waters which run continually. When he bendeth his bow to shoot his arrows, let them be as, let them be cut in pieces. Let me ask you a question. If these people are just going to continue in wickedness, and most of them are, you're, the, the, I don't see any repentance one time mentioned from any of these pedophiles ever. The only repentance I ever see them is them killing themselves because they can't stand the thought of themselves being exposed. I don't, I don't see repentance. I don't see any re- regret what they've done. They don't have a conscience anymore. They've been seared with a hot iron, if they ever had one. If they are just going to live their life continuing in wickedness and continuing to defile these little children, would it, and, and God knows the beginning from the end, right? Sure. Would it be better that God judged them now in this lifetime that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God that they would wisely consider His doing, that they wouldn't be able to perpetuate this sin that they wouldn't be able to kill more children and do more evil. Would it be better for God to do that now or for them just to live their life in this wickedness and and to defile humanity and these little children and kill them up until the time when they die and then they go to hell? Which would be better? 
from a scriptural standpoint, do you think? Hopefully you're getting my point here. This is why I did that study on imprecatory prayers, Psalm 64. And it's not a study you'll usually ever hear anywhere. Psalm 58.8 As the snail which melteth, let every one of them pass away, like the untimely birth of a woman, that they may not see the sun. Psalm 58.9 Before your pots can feel the thorns, he shall take them away as a whirlwind, both living and in his wrath. This is referring to the wicked. Psalm 58.10 The righteous shall rejoice when he seeth the vengeance. He shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked. Um, Pastor Weaver did a sermon entitled Washing Your Feet in the Blood of the Wicked. That's about that. You can look that up on Sermon Audio. Pastor Weaver. Psalm 58.11 So that a man shall say, Verily there is a reward for the righteous. Verily he is a God that judgeth in the earth. When God judges sin, it's always positive. Again, when judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. I can't even imagine the judgment that's coming to the apostate church, particularly in America. I believe that's why the Bible talks about coming out from among them and being separate, saith the Lord, touching not the unclean thing. Because most of the time, in the average everyday church in America, it's a totally unclean thing. Matthew 13.36, Then Jesus sent away the multitude, and he went to the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parables of the tares of the field. He said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The good seed. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. What is that What is that saying? That is saying that there are children of the wicked one. They're tares. Now, let me ask you a question. If you're a good seed, you're going to bear good fruit. You're going to grow up... You're going to produce after your own kind. A seed produces after its own kind. A tear produces after its own kind. Is there anything you could ever do to a tear to make it something else? Can you can you take a weed and make it something other than a weed? Just seems to imply here that the tares are the children of the wicked one. Where else does it say that? Genesis 3.15. I'm supplying these verses with this study. Genesis 3.15 says, and this is where God is pronouncing the judgment after the Garden of Eden for the sin that was committed there. He's God talking to Eve and the serpent. He says, I will put enmity, which is war, between thee and the woman, between the serpent and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. God says here that Satan has his own distinct seed. He's going to put war between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. Remember, you are of your father the devil and of his works you will do. Why did Jesus call them serpents and vipers, the Pharisees and Sadducees? Something to think about. Because you are of your father the devil and of his works you will do. They said that. Pharisees and Sadducees. Huh. Let's go back to Matthew 13.39. And the enemy that sowed them is the devil. 
He planted the tares, the devil. And the harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. Matthew 13.40 As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, that's hell, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth His angels, and they shall gather out of His kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity. And shall cast them into the furnace of fire, and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of the Father, who hath ears, let him hear. He who hath ears, let him hear. Um, Malachi 1.1 The burden of the Lord of to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet ye say, Wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother? Saith the Lord, yet I loved Jacob, and I hated Esau. That's what God says. And laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Now, there's people say, oh, God loves everybody. Eh, I don't know. He said he hated Esau. Romans 9.13 As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Was Esau a tear? I would probably say yes. Was he of his father the devil? Well, you can draw your own conclusions. I'm just giving you the verses. Romans 9.14 what, what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. This is God talking. So then, it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Praise the Lord. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for the same purpose have I raised thee up. Now, was Pharaoh wicked? Yes. But it said, for the same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. You know, all the plagues that happened to Pharaoh, and then there... You know, Pharaoh's army being destroyed in the Red Sea and these types of things. That showed God's power, right? And that's what he said. He, why he said he raised Pharaoh up. He was wicked, pagan. Next verse. Therefore hath he a mercy on whom he will have mercy and whom he will hardeneth. And whom he will... Didn't it say that he hardeneth Pharaoh's heart? God did it. Going further, thou will say then unto me, Why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, but O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Why? Because God made us. Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? Remember, this is very hard to understand this concept. Okay? The Bible says that we see through a glass, but darkly, but then face to face. So a lot of this is hard to wrap your head around because we're not God. His ways are higher than our ways, and His ways are not like our ways. So if you if this makes you get mad at God, just understand that, you know, His ways are higher than our ways. Next verse, Romans 9.22. What if God, willing to show His wrath, and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering, the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. Let's read that again. What if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known? That's what that's what's coming in the future. 
in the end times. He's going to show his wrath. He's going to make his power known. He endured with much long suffering. That's what he's doing right now. We could sit here and say, oh Lord, why haven't you wiped all this wickedness off the planet? He's enduring with long suffering. And the world is essentially storing up wrath. Storing up God's wrath. That's what's happening. He endured with, with much long suffering. The vessels of wrath he made these vessels. God made them. The Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. These are the vessels that God made. That was Proverbs 16.4. What if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known endured with much long suffering? The vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. What does it fitted mean? They were made for destruction. It's just what the Bible says. Now, I'm not getting into some big Calvinistic debate over here. Oh, yes, and this and that. I'm not going to go there. Okay? I'm not a Calvinist. <laughs> okay, so I've been accused of that. I've been accused of, you know, Calvinist, Arminian. What? I, I just, I'm a Bible believer, okay? I'm a Bible-believing Christian. Born-again, Bible-believing Christian. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last. And without him, I am nothing, and I can do nothing. And I am but dung apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I think, you know, about myself and in my relationship with Christ. Okay, so let's go to the next verse, Romans 9.23. And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy. Well, a born-again Bible-believing Christian is actually a vessel of God's mercy. Because it was through his mercy that he saved us. I mean, that's what it boils down to. Jesus Christ coming here, paying our sin debt through his death, burial, and resurrection, through his shed blood on the cross of Calvary, paying that sin debt. That's merciful. We're the vessels of mercy as a born-again Christian. Which he had a four prepared unto glory. A four. The Bible says, uh, I believe it's in Isaiah, before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. God knew us before we were ever formed in the womb. He knew us. And it says here, these vessels of mercy, which were afore prepared unto glory. How can you say they were afore prepared? Because God knows the beginning from the end. How do you think we have the book of Revelation? It was shown to John the future. Think of time as a capsule. God's on the outside of that capsule. He knows the beginning from the end. He took John out for a brief moment while he was on the Isle of Patmos and showed him the end in Revelation. And he put him back in that time capsule. God's not subject to time. So that's how he can say they were a foreprepared unto glory. Romans 9.24 Even us whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. Look at some more verses. Psalm 9.5 Thou hast rebuked the heathen, thou hast destroyed the wicked, thou hast put out their name forever and ever. We can't be talking about much more wickedness than what we're talking about today. And maybe hopefully these verses can, can get you to see that what we're, uh, maybe be able to relate to the subject better. Psalm 9.17 The wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. 
Psalm 26.5, I have hated the congregation of evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked. The psalmist says that. I have hated the congregation of evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked. What if you're going to a church and it's a congregation of evildoers? <laughs> I will not sit with the wicked. The Bible talks about that in 1 Corinthians 5. Talks to, you know, having no fellowship in, in, you know, with a brother. You can read that whole chapter. It gets into that in detail. Psalm 37, 28. For the Lord loveth judgment. Lord loveth judgment. And forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever. But the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. Now, it doesn't mean I want to go around and I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray that they all be thrust down into hell. My prayer for them is if it be possible that their souls be saved. But only the Lord knows if that is possible. Have they crossed the line with God? You know, you just don't get infinite amount of chances to get saved. The spirit of man will not always strive with man forever. And you just don't go around with infinite numbers of chances to get saved. There's many people that have died on their deathbed, and there's a lot of accounts of this before they had the mind-altering drugs come in, that said, well, I'll just get saved on my deathbed. And the time came and they couldn't get saved because the Holy Spirit wasn't there to draw them anymore. Holy Spirit had long departed couldn't get saved. They wanted to, but they couldn't. Don't put it off if you're not. And I've got a whole teaching I did on this. Just key in salvation. In the keyword search box on my homepage, you'll find it. I just did it not too recently. As smoke, uh, Psalm 68 too, as smoke is driven away, so drive them away as wax melteth before the fire. So let the wicked perish at the presence of God. Again, if the wicked are just going to continue in wickedness, using this as an extreme example, what we're talking about today, wouldn't that be better that the wicked would perish at the presence of God? That all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, that many would be saved? You look at Ananias and Sapphira. When God judged them and they died, dropped dead and died, what was the fruit of God's judgment there? Many were converted. Many were saved, and great fear fell upon the Christians. Well, that's what we need, right? There's no fear of God. They call him, you know, the big guy in the sky and all this other garbage. It's, it's, it's not something you want to do. God's judgment always produces good fruit, every single time in the Bible, always. It may not be fun, but it always produces good fruit. Uh, Psalm 119, 155. Salvation is far from the wicked. This is why there's a very low likelihood that these people would ever get saved. And the more wicked you are, the more salvation is far off. If it be possible, I pray their souls be saved. But if not, Lord, you knowing the beginning from the end, that you would judge them in this lifetime, now, before they're able to defile more of these innocent little precious children, that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God. That your name be glorified. That many be saved. That's all good fruit. Every bit of that. That's the point here. I'm sure Smiley Joel Osteen's preaching the same teaching in his church today. <laughs> You'd see a mass exodus. <laughs> that, that sermon. Oh no, he just preaches, you know, pixie sticks and buttercups. It's all good. 
Salvation is far from the wicked, for they seek not thy statutes. How do you seek statutes if you have a perverted, corrupt Bible? Thy word is truth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Psalm 119.9, Psalm 119.11 I just said, and Psalm 119.105. done several teachings in the King James Bible. You can key that under my search box as well. Proverbs 3.33 The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked. The curse of the Lord? Yeah, it says it. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked. But he blesseth the habitation of the just. Curse of the Lord. House of the wicked. They're cursed. I, I can't even imagine in hell the punishment. I can't even imagine. Anyway, I'm going to stop there for today, and we're going to pick this up. Uh, we're going to go. We're going to finish this part out, and then the next time we're going to go into um, a lot of this going on in America as well. We're going to get deeper into that. I just want to do an exhaustive study on this, so you understand. So there's no doubt in your mind that this is an incredibly serious problem. That this is defiling the land. There's probably not a greater thing that's going on other than the abortion. Um, a lot of times we hear about abortion, and we hear about the sodomite movement. But there's not a lot said about this. And this is exploding the child pornography. So again, it's one other thing that we, we should be in prayer about. I'll go ahead and close this out in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time that you've let us come together again. I thank you, Lord God, for your mercy upon us. Lord God, regarding the salvation of our souls through the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood. Pray God, if there's any here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, that they accept the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, His blood sacrifice on the cross to pay their sin debt, that, Lord God, that you would even lead them to the teaching I did on salvation recently, Lord, or however, whatever method you would use, Lord. I pray that thy name be glorified, that you would forgive us for any and all sins we have committed in any way, shape, or form, as we forgive those who have sinned against us. I do pray, God, for your mercy upon the body of Christ, upon these poor, innocent, Children, Lord, I pray to God you dispatch legions of angels to these children, to the teenagers, to whoever's being victimized and abused. I pray to God you intervene in every single case, worldwide, Lord. I pray to God your fear would be upon and your fury would be against these wicked, evil devils that are doing this every spiritual entity every devil, demon fallen angel or fallen cherub that would try to perpetuate this wickedness against these innocent children that they be bound up and rebuked and cast into the abyss according to thy will that the blood of Jesus Christ and your holy angelic angels the sword of the spirit which is the word of God be against them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit and your angelic host, I pray to God you fight against them, that you fight against them, Lord God in heaven, that you destroy the works of the wicked in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
as we claim Psalm 64, but God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded, so they shall make their own tongues to fall upon themselves. All that see them shall flee away, and all men shall fear, and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of your doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord, and shall trust in Him, and all the upright in heart shall glory. I pray to God you intervene, Lord God, this day, this moment, in the name of Jesus Christ. For the sake of the little ones, Lord God, for the sake of the people that need to be saved, for the sake of stopping and cutting off this wickedness. I pray to God for your intervention in these matters, Lord. I pray to God you protect our families, Lord, our children, now and in the days and times to come. Lord God, that your angels wouldn't camp around about us the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, would be in our mouth. Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.